0: P.W. Hustle Networks
1: present P.W.R. At the Movies Join the professor Tommy Wonder and J.B. As
0: they discuss The greatest pro wrestling Moments in movie History
1: The one and only the Wrestler. Well, if you folks just tuned in, this is not Queen for a Day. This is wrestling from Madison Square Garden, believe it or not. And this is what the well dressed wrestler will wear this year. Henry Winkler is the one and only. A Carl Weiner film rated PG. Now showing Great Lakes, Mall, Brookgate, Low Cedar Center, and Lowe's West. Sunday, Monday, happy days. sky hello blue ho 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 merry christmas reflection nights ho 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 ho. merry christmas homie nights ho 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 merry christmas pwc ice what is going on there to all the ice happy holidays happy shaka khan happy kwanzaa to the left the right the dems the repubs the hamasites the Israelites, the Russianites, the Ukrainites, all the ice all over the world. The Wet Bandits. Shoutouts to them. Shoutouts to the Grinch. Shoutouts to Frosty. Shoutouts to Rudolph, whose nose is so bright because that motherfucker be drinking all year long. Shoutouts to Chris Kringle. Shoutouts to everybody. Happy holidays, and we're so close to 2020 Quattro. We can. You can smell it. But before we get to 2020 quattro, we're going to try to, you know, we're in the festive mood, and I'm in the festive mood right now. Before I even talk about why I am so festive right now, why I am so jolly. I'm not fat. I don't have the rosy red cheeks, but I am jolly for a reason that I must introduce myself first because I am vain like that. I am on the naughty list because I need to introduce myself like that. I am the oh so charismatic one. I am the also jolly one. I am the also so. Effervescent one, I am the oh so glorious one. The only objective man in this IWC. Am I boring you? You yawning? And I'm am I boring you? My God! Yeah, I had am,
0: a five minute power nap before I came down here.
1: Right. I am the most objective man in this IWC, YWC, BWC, punditry. The only objective man in this political spectrum. The only objective man in those wrestling Facebook, Twitter, social media pages. Your friend of mine, the Professor Chauvet, really and I'm not here alone, tis the season, no, 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 I am here with my brother from another mother, the conservative liberal, liberal conservative, dum dum idiot dum the iron stomach one, the jolly old Saint Nick himself, Woo! Tommy Tommy the happy holidays, my friend, how are you doing? Put shut those lights up, it's tis the season.
0: <laughs> I'm tired, man, I... You told me, let's do it at 5.30, so at 4.30, I laid down, and or no, 5.45, you said. So at 4.30, mm-hmm. I laid down, and then you said, I can do it at 5.30. I'm like, all right, next you no, know, I look around, it's 5.15, and I'm like, what the hell? But I didn't to sleep right away. I was reading something and just got knocked out.
2: If you're going to take a power nap and then you put a book in your hand, then that means you're not going to take a nap. And you are holding up a Ric Flair Superstars action figure.
0: So this is supposed to be like the old AWA Remco's. And so mm-hmm. I got Ric Flair, added him to the Million Dollar Man, Teddy Biasi, Hall Nash, Hogan, NWO, and Shawn Michaels' boy toy. I already had all those. And then I got something new, but I'm not going to take it down. but
2: mm-hmm. right? moving over, and I see, I see Piper, I see Animal Steel, I see Brett. Enjoying
0: i see- these. These are, I've showed these off before, this is the newest one that came Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's basically the old LJNs, which are right here,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the newer versions of the Mattel, but they're in the packaging and
2: pose like the LJNs. Oh, so they got a Bret Hart and a Shawn Michaels LJN?
0: No, 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 no. They've only made so far, Sergeant Slaughter they made, but I don't have mm-hmm. him. And then they made Hogan and Funk. And if you look at them, they look like the actual LJN packaging uh, special edition Hulk Hogan. The one where he had the white tights, not the yellow. Then there's Mm -hmm. Jake the Snake and Rick Rude. And then now Piper and Georgiano Steele. And next month, it's going to be the granddaddy of them all, baby. It's the Hart Foundation together.
2: And Mm -hmm. they come with the old belts like this. Oh, he's getting up. He, He almost showed his butt crack. Oh, you got the old belt. Yes, that's the old. But the, that's uh, what the Heart Foundation. Season. But they not only do
0: they have that belt, but they also have. Oh, where are they
2: at? I'm hiding. We do it live, Reflection Reflectionx. We do it live. He, you know, Wait. he's talk, gonna talk about this. He should be here
0: because I'm gonna show you the greatest world television champion of all time, but with the WWF tag team title belts. So that's what those are gonna look like. The the two pack of the Heart Foundation. I'm stoked for it because I'm hoping that one day they. Well, I already got how many warriors oh. do
2: I have? One, two, three. TW, I have three you? Ultimate Warriors. Wait, wait, wait. wait hold on, on, hold on. on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold Weren't you saving? You're saving your money because now you don't do the pro wrestling tees and now you're buying everything else. What is wrong with you? No, I'm trying I to help collect,
0: you. I collect the ultimate editions now, man, and then the occasional guy for the wall who I don't have already or. If I, they come out with a Target Legends line to somebody. Like, recently I bought the Ultimate Warrior from Target Legends line, so I replaced the old Ultimate Warrior figure that had different packaging.
2: Okay. So, then there's one thing that's missing in your Hall of Wonders that I noticed, and it's not yeah. actually an action figure. I think you need to, up, not upgrade, but update the belt, the tag team belts. You, you got the Intercontinentals? No, no, no. You know how you see the yellow belt, the Warriors belt, <laughs> all the belts? You might need the World Tag Team titles, man. I'm going to buy that. But here's the question. So we can put a poll out there for the 12.
0: Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me ask you something. Chop down a tree. Um, I asked, I posed this question to, uh, I don't remember who I posted to. Uh, oh, other collectors. So I have two different IC belts. I got the WCW World Belt. I got the NXT Heavyweight title, the WWE ugly scratch logo on and then the warrior title then i have mm-hmm. the tully tv title and the lex luger u.s title but if you buy a tag team title do you got to buy two of them because i'm not buying
2: two of them you have to yeah for the collection. i would think
0: i would think bret hart has one tag team title belt in his collection he doesn't have
2: both that that, that well i guess with circumstances i, I believe it would be with uh, natty for the other belt you know
0: Right, but I'm saying, like, if I got a tag belt, it says Tag mm-hmm. Team Champion right on it, so I wouldn't need it. But I I don't think you family. need two.
2: I I, th- I just think but for I an mean. ego trip, no. i, I think I'll one tell you is what fine. I want, I do want—I'm
0: not a fan of those WWE Tag Team titles. However, this reminds oh. me of the golden era of Tag Team Wrestling. The Bulldogs had them. The Harpon, Foundation, Strike Force, Demolition, the Road mm-hmm. Warriors, um— Nikita, or Nikita, Nikolai Volkov and the Sheik, B- Briefcake and Valentine. They all have them. those to me. I don't like the modern day belts. They're horrible. The ro- the Spartan with, mm-hmm. with the red and the in the black or red and the blue. But my favorite tag team title belt of all time is the ones that Tully and Iron and the Rock and Roll Express. Are. Not the ones the Rock and Roll had that looked like the old Yeah, WWE The, World the, the blue
2: NWA yes. World tag team belts. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. I, mm-hmm. So I plan on getting one of those, which I'll have to get off eBay or something, because they don't make them for WWE, but I'm going to buy the world tag team title from WWE that the one that the Bulldogs had. I don't know why the Bulldogs are the ones I think of when I see those belts, even though I just named all those teams that had them, but I am going to get a tag team title.
2: It's the it's the first thing that pops in your head, but I'm just saying you you, you do need a tag team belt to, you know, in addition in 2024 but with that being said again tis the season reflection ice you know and i'm in a jolly spirit and again you know to close out 2023 we usually go to the movies we usually do a holiday wrestling movie treat so you know this was a treat for the professor because i gave this gift to executive producer extraordinaire, Big Ray Hernandez, because he never heard of this one. I gave the, the gift of this movie to T.W. himself because I don't know if he even heard of this movie either. But I, I actually knew about it in spades. I remember certain parts about it when I was younger. But I never watched the, I haven't watched the movie fully reflectionized truthfully in like 20 years. So when I rewatched it, I'm just laughing, not because the movie is is like ridiculous, not because the movie sucks. I'm laughing because I'm thinking, what is T.W.'s reaction? What is T.W. thinking? Is he thinking I'm giving? Is this a rip to him? No, it's never a rip. I give out. This is the gift of giving. That's the way the professor thought about this. And we are going to the movies. We might do, you know, a double feature, you know, for next week. But we'll talk about that at the end of the show. But again, for this week, it is my gift to TW. It is my gift to the Magnificent 70, Elite 8, the 99, the Terrific 10, the Essential 11, and and so on and so forth. But we are going back to the movies. We are going back to the Time Machines to 1978, and we are going to talk about a wrestling movie that a lot of people never knew existed. A wrestling movie starring an iconic actor who was typecast. Because I think we have to look at it from this genre, TW, that Henry Winkler, a.k.a. The Fonz, Arthur Fonzarelli from Happy Days, you know, lore, one of the top 10 shows of the 70s on ABC religiously for 10 years straight, right? He was typecast. So I I figure this way we're going to talk about this wrestling movie called The One and Only from 1978. Directed by Carl Ryan. And before we even talk about what's going on in this movie, and there are a couple of wrestlers that do make some cameos reflection. I so we will talk about that in a couple of minutes. This is not gonna be a long, dragged out, you know, PWR at the movies, but we're gonna have a little fun with this. But before you know we even get into this TW, let's talk about it from the standpoint, not what is going on in the movie, but the motivation for Arthur Fonzarelli, the motivation for Henry Winkler to actually accept this role because I think in my humble opinion, he knew the writing was on the wall, that he was playing an iconic television character on TV, every, I think it was every Tuesday night, was it? Or every Monday or Tuesday, I don't care. But anyway, you know what I'm saying. Every Monday or Tuesday night at 8 o'clock prime time on ABC, a top 10 show Happy Days. He knew If he wanted to keep, you know, going the acting role, he had to take a gamble. He had to take some, you know, gambles on his acting career and pick characters that were so out the box, that was so out of the realm of Arthur Fonzarelli. Because remember, before he got the role of Arthur Fonzarelli, Henry Winkler did play a, a biker character in The Outsiders. So again, he was typecast to a degree. He does not want to be known as a thug. He does not want to be known as, as you know, some kind of tough, you know, tough thug, if you will, Reflection nights. So he picked the character so out the box in this movie. Not only he is a wrestler, but we'll talk about how this he was trying to play a sociopathic, arrogant, self-absorbed man. So what say you, T.W., about the gamble that Henry Winkler, you know, took on himself? Because act- actually and well. let me just. Well, I know you're gonna. <laughs> I love your analyticals. I know that was so long and drawn out. You had notes all on that, and you just said two words: he lost. But it, let me try to like elaborate for the reflection acts. We know that in hindsight, that he went to the behind the scenes. He went behind the cameras. He's a great executive producer. He's a great director. He's done a lot of stuff for TV shows and movies. I, you know, I don't have to go on Wikipedia to know of his accomplishments. But now elaborate on the he lost so here's the difference hey i never heard of this movie
1: i know
0: had one of the cheesiest songs ever that was the title of the movie the one and only that played multiple times in sad versions and happy versions it was the same song but Mm -hmm. the scene was sad or happy and what the difference is is watching this movie as a 50 year old going on 12 year old man Versus watching another movie he made when I was a kid, that, yeah, that dude's typecast, which a fucking sign me up to get typecast if it's going to be a role like Fonzie. That the term "jumping the shark" still exists today is is a is a saying for when a show goes from good to shit because mm-hmm. of him jumping a shark in his leather jacket and skis on Happy Days, right? So. Right. That's a pretty cool thing to be remembered for your entire life. He's still around. He's in damn near every Adam Sandler movie he shows up. Um, He's very endearing. It's funny because Fonzie the cool guy ends up becoming like the dad, Mr. Cunningham, in real life and everything else he does. Like he's Mm -hmm. that guy in all the Adam Sandler movies. But here's the difference. As a kid, and I'm sure you remember this, or maybe you don't. Maybe they didn't show it in uh, Harlem, but... um, he played the Scrooge. He played in the TV version of Scrooge where he was Ebenezer Scrooge and so like a kid,
2: like a like a CBS uh, movie of the week Christmas. Right, it was probably ABC, okay. you know, but
0: but you don't get any further from Fonzie than Scrooge, but he was in the, on in the 70s or 80s. It might have been the 70s. I was young, okay. but but okay. I remember it to this day. He and I didn't look at the screen and see Henry Winkler. I didn't look at this. I saw probably Fonzie, but I didn't think Fonzie that man. I know this for a fact. As a kid, I'm watching it, and I didn't think it was Fonzie having the ghost take him on the tour. I thought it was the character, mm-hmm. right? But I remember it to this day watching it. It sounds like you don't remember it. So, but
2: I promise you, professor.
0: if I watch that movie tonight, it's going to be just as horrible as the one and only Because at the end of the day God bless him He's not winning any Oscars anytime soon He's he's not Shakespeare if that makes mm-hmm. any sense And yeah. you said he's a biker And the Outsiders, I didn't remember that I want to say he's in American Graffiti But probably not But Because I know Harrison Ford's in that And Ron Howard But for yeah. some reason I feel like Fonzie's in it like not in
2: a no he, he was in the outsiders with because he was in that biker role with him and Sylvester. And that's eighty-three. So no, that was that was seventy-two, seventy-two or seventy-three. The outsiders? outsiders? Yeah. Because no, that movie came it. out first before Stallone had Rocky.
0: Listen to me. Trust me. The outsiders is the movie that is famous for having I'm, Tom Cruise, Ralph okay. Macchio. Patrick Swayze. Well, I might
2: got the name wrong, but there was a movie that Henry Winkler and S- Stallone did, and was biker Rolls. No, oh. it was the, it was The Lords of Flatbush. I'm sorry, that was Lords the, of Flatbush. Yeah, yeah. that's seventies. Yeah.
0: That's that.
2: Yeah. That came out in seventy two.
0: And wasn't he a wrestler in Lords of Flatbush?
2: I don't know. I don't remember what he what character Henry Winkler was playing, but I no, remember no, no. The,
0: Stallone. Didn't he do a wrestling movie? No, that's Frogtown. Captain Lou Albano's in it.
2: Oh uh, well, we're not. Well, you want? We want to do Frog Town next time. But uh, <laughs> again, I don't. I, that's the gift that keeps on giving. But again, reflection that you and TW, you get where I'm going with. Yeah. He wanted to venture away from the Franz character because that was his golden goose. But right. again, if you want to still act and you want to still be taken serious in Hollywood, you know, either you can do one or two things. You're going to try to break away from what is it. making you making you the money, or you're going to have to. You know, do the Jeffrey Epstein, go to Epstein Island and do the the sacrificial stuff with the blood. But again, neither here (laughs) nor there. You
0: can embrace it and just like, fuck it. I'm going to be Fonzie for the rest of my life. You think that dude from Sean on I ever cared? He got paid for the rest of his damn life being Bowser, doing this shit.
2: You know, the one word, T.W., that everybody, every male has ego, pride, all that stuff. You think
0: that's the movie he was in that was not
2: Fonzie. Yeah, not that was eighty two, eighty three. Yeah, Mike him and Michael Keaton. So with that, with that being said, TW, let's go into another venture like we always do in PWR at the movies because it's tradition. We got to talk about the wrestling business, and it's funny because again, for nineteen seventy eight, you and I are very wet behind the ears. I'm one years old, give or take, maybe a couple of months before I turn one. You are what three, two or three? What seven, year? Seventy eight. I'm not even five yet. You're not even five yet. You you're still, you know, you still uh, potty potty training. You're still eating, you know, the, all the solid, you know, liquid foods and all that stuff. We get it. I'm just saying we don't know this. So we now we got to look at it back in hindsight, T.W. From our wrestling historical mindset. Like you have the labs, you have the collections. I have, you know, the laboratories myself. So 1978, T.W. We got to look at the wrestling business. In a different landscape for the way that Hollywood, the way that even modern day America of 1978 is looking at wrestling. You have said it yourself, TW, that, you know, at this point in time, not only is it territorial, but it's so niche that it is for the wrestling fans, that the wrestling fans, you know, are hardcore to the bone. So when you see things like this, when you see a movie like this come on your TV screens or go on to the movies, my first thought is I'm thinking like this way, right? TW, maybe you might have a different take. But for for people in the 70s to see anything on TV, whether it's the one and only, I remember the three stooges where you know Curly was kind of like making fun of wrestling to a degree, but it was funny shit. But they always make fun of wrestling. It's not about celebrating wrestling, everything on TV. And it took a long time before people might even say, you know, before Hollywood wanted to like treat it like a prostitute and and get things out of it because Vince McMahon wanted to go mainstream and all that stuff. But they kind of like, you know, made light of it, made fun of it. What's ATW about people's perceptions or even Hollywood's perceptions of wrestling, even in the seventies to even have this movie come out.
0: Well, the funny thing is, is this movie kind of, it kind of, Blow, shoot, kills kayfabe, but it doesn't. Like, it implies it, but it doesn't shit uh-huh. on it. So whenever I see that, I think, well, they at least have some respect for it. Otherwise, they would have just made it out to be fake shit the entire time, right? Like, okay. But they imply, like, he's scared to talk to the cheap J Strongbow character. Like, hey, man, it's my first match, and that guy's shooting on him. But then they had the scene where uh, Tattoo and... Baron Von Rasky looking dude are about to go at it because he hit him in the dick. And they didn't say, he just said, don't hit me in the dick. Like that could be anything. It could be cheap shot. It could be, you know, a joke, like a short joke built in or whatever. But, but I think there's a little bit of, of basically respect for the business in this movie because they don't flat out blow the lid off of it, but they Mm -hmm. do. It's almost like they don't want to insult your intel- intelligence with it.
2: Okay, I, I get what you're saying. That Again, that's the way I'm looking at it from, from the fandom eyes. Like Again, wrestling is very niche. Wrestling at this time is very secular. You know, wrestling, you know, people did what they did. You know, Vince McMahon Sr. had the WWWF in the East Coast. You know the Crockett's had Carolinas. You know the Graham's had Florida. You knew that Paul Bosch had his territories you know Fritz Von Erich had Texas but it was it was territorial it was secular it was very localized so again when you saw certain types of wrestling that appeared on TV you know again I don't know if it's, there's a respectability out of it and what are you hope an American Christmas carol oh, okay what year did they come out 1979 so one year well Talk about, you know, taking a chance. Now, again, he did this movie and then he goes to Ebenezer Screws*. So that being said, let's talk about the one and only TW 1978 film starring Henry Winkler and Kim Gray. Now we can talk about certain cameos because you talked about the Chief, Dre, Chief J Strongwell character, the Wahoo McDaniel character. Injun Joe was played by who? Chavo Guerrero Sr., aka Chavo Classic, and there was a cameo by Roddy Roddy Piper who played an Ar- an army wrestling character so TW before we even talk about the cameos, let's talk about what Henry Winkler is playing here. He this is the way I looked at it for myself. He's a narcissistic, self-indulgent very uh, very sociopathic, overconfident, exuberant man who dreams of being a famous Broadway actor, a famous Hollywood actor, but you know what the funny thing is? If there was no TikTok, this man would have had a TikTok. If there was no Twitter, this man would have had a Twitter account. If this, if there was no Facebook, he would have had a Facebook account, and he would have, like, he would buy followers, you could tell that, but his, <laughs> shit, don't, his shit don't stink, Reflectionites. He thinks his way is the only way, and he's disrespecting uh, actors, he's disrespecting uh, directors. He's disrespecting producers. The girlfriend. He's, oh, I didn't get to that point yet. I'm just I'm just trying to keep it for one side of the spectrum because again, he even disrespected his own parents when he was trying to entertain his family in the beginning. T.W. So what say you about Henry Winkler's character, the narcissistic, sociopathic, overconfident man that he was?
0: So at first, it <coughs> comes across as endearing. Like oh, he's just he's selling himself. But then it's pure narcissism. It is not, <laughs> it is not any way, shape, or form him trying to be cute. It's him being him, and it doesn't matter who he's talking to. Who he? he he's almost um, impervious to the fact of how rude he's being. Like he's so caught up in himself. Like I would almost say it's unintentional. Which I always say this. Like you know, I'm sure in New Jersey it's no different than here. One of the biggest peeves I have. These motherfuckers walking around on their phone, on speakerphone, talking on it, no matter where you're at, whether you're in a, in a, in a line at the grocery store or
2: whether you're on a bus. Whether you're- fuck, fuck that, not about talking to somebody I actually can accept that I hate people watching YouTube on a speaker When they have a Bluetooth And so you can listen to their God, whatever they listen to not, you know, That doesn't
0: bother you when you're having a phone call on speaker The same way when you can
2: hear I, actually, I can accept that I hate people watching shit on YouTube or TikTok And I don't want to hear what they're watching I don't want to listen to what they're watching I, don't I feel the, the same shit. way
0: about their conversation With whoever they're talking to <laughs> I think I told you on my flight back from uh, Vegas last year I had uh, Precious next to me and her sister, um, Big Shirley, behind her. Both of them were FaceTiming dudes while we were taking off and landing. And when we got in the air, they shut their phones off. And everyone was afraid to say something to them like, hey, bitch, turn your phone off. And you could <laughs> hear the guy and that. Then they get off the phone and she's telling the other one. Oh man, I fucked up. I told him to pick me up from the airport, but I got my other guy picking me up from the airport. So as soon as we get a signal and land, I got to call him and, and make sure he's coming for real and tell the other one not to come. And I just wanted to turn and go, bitch, you ain't got one man, let alone two men. And if you do, they ain't going to care because if they are willing Wait. to be with you, they don't care who they're with.
2: That Big Shirley was playing two men?
0: Both of them were. But it, oh, no. okay. Yeah, Big Shirley was next to me. Precious was in the backseat. She was the oh, younger okay. sister. But uh, mm-hmm. But anyways... It's a pet peeve of mine. And but, but this is what I say. It's unintentional rudeness. I don't think people mean to be as rude as they're being, whether it be watching YouTube or whatever, like that. Especially some of this stuff, like you said, the TikToks and the YouTube, some of us got some pretty brutal language. And but so are so many phone calls I'm listening to. And mm-hmm. so I don't think they're being rude on purpose, but I think it makes it worse. That means they don't even know what respect is to give it if they're not even disrespectful because they don't care that they're
2: being disrespectful. They don't know they are. I can go with with that. But, you know, it's funny because. That's Henry Winkler in this movie. He's not intentionally disrespectful. He's impervious to the fact that he is. But, you know, the selling point, you know, when you're watching this movie, I think they wanted you to at least either A, feel sorry for him. Like you said, it's supposed to be endearing. But yeah. watching it right now at my age At 46 what I If I was 46 in 1978 Watching this movie I would hate The shit out of him I'd be like I would beat you up For trying to disrespect me in a play I would if I'm the now, Reflection I'm going to talk about He stalked That's the thing. What he did, I don't think he what he did. he's
0: disrespecting I think he's just showboating And it and doesn't doesn't either know that he's doing it or doesn't care that he's doing it. One of them's worse than the other. I think it would be not knowing you're doing it because that means someone
2: raised you wrong. Right. So, you know, again, I think they're trying to make me either feel some empathy or some sympathy towards Henry Winkler. I didn't. I was pissed off. And then to top it all off, he's infatuated with a girl played by Kim Darby. Who's already who's supposed to be engaged to a doctor, whatever, neither here nor there. That. That's logistic. She's, she's not yet. And to be engaged. Dude. But, but my man, my man Henry Winkley was so arrogant, so narcissistic. He he said his pickup lines to her were so great. He was like, You know what? You better be with me right now because when I blow up, you right. will wish That's- Modern day
0: TikTok, right there.
2: That's modern day TikTok. You yep. you gonna wish that you would never make that mistake if you don't mess with me and all this and it worked. And what a, that would be a restraining order right now in 2020 or 2024. But
0: that that would be funny. that's what I mean by endearing. He was being endearing. She thought it was cute, but then it got annoying. So it went from cute to annoying in two point seven seconds.
2: Yeah, it it did, and so so he finally got the girl. They finally eloped, and basically. His, his aura, his presence reflectionates, you know, changed her whole life. She might have had plans. She might have had goals. She might have had dreams and all that stuff, which I didn't find anything in this movie. I don't know what she wanted to be unless she wanted she to be a, be a housewife. She, wanted to, she a wanted to be a mom or whatever the case may be. But she dropped everything. She dropped all her aspirations for Henry Wrinkler's character. He even said the first 20 years is about me. And then after that, the next 20 is about you. Maybe, or, the, or the next 20 is about us. It's never about yourself. No, he said her. Oh, he she did. Said, what okay. What about
0: what about the issues I have? He goes, We'll get to them, but the first 20 years are going to be on mine. That's a funny that but that's funny. And he too. said it with straight face. He said so it with just, a straight face. This, this is one backhand away from being an
2: after school special, is what it is. Yes. yes, it is. So in in essence, reflection as again, she drops everything so she can support. Henry Winkler's dream. Oh, he's playing the character called Adam Smith. And this is actually, T.W., I forgot the time frame. This is actually in the 1950s. So we could give an aspect of what the world is is going on here. So, you know, it's not the 70s. But she wouldn't have had any aspirations. I guess that's, that's true. So with that being said, sh- they both, uh, you know, go to New York's. So they can live Henry Winkler's dream of becoming a Broadway actor. They chose New York over Hollywood. So it's neither here nor there. So, you know, I guess he thought there was more money to be made for Broadway than there was for Hollywood. He didn't want to go on that gay casting couch. But again, he made his choice and he had to live with it. So he's in New York, Reflection Nights, and he's not getting any roles. He's auditioning his butt off. But... He is having sparring matches with directors. He's having sparring matches with casting directors and executive producers because he's always trying to ad lib the play, ad lib the scenes and all that stuff. So in essence, T.W., before we get into the wrestling realm, this is what Henry Winkler's character. This is the endearing part because he knows there's something bigger for him, but it's just it's just so like he can't be controlled. He can't be refined to what a director wants. He can't be defined to what a producer wants. He knows that there's something. It may be. He knows it's it's in the entertainment realm, but he doesn't have that. You know, he doesn't know where to hone that crap. Do you agree with that, or do you have a different take?
0: Absolutely. He already thinks he knows everything, and it's like his first major role. Did we skip over it? No, I think. Uh,
2: the no, go ahead. Game. Talk about it. The football game. Oh, you you can talk about that. Yeah.
0: Where he gets killed and you're like, man, he didn't last long. Because I thought for some, for sure he was going to do something big on that football field like Rudy. And instead, uh-huh. he fakes being knocked, took a big bump, which is the precursor to his wrestling career, which is also a little tip of the hat to wrestling because it's football player turned wrestler, even though he played one play. But then when he's getting carted out of there, he purposely throws himself off the stretcher. He tends to Abbot Costello or Three Stooges. And then he uh-huh. tells the guys, slow down, because he wanted to soak up the attention so he already thinks he knows what to do and here's sadly the case because he does it in wrestling he's right every time everything Mm -hmm. he wants to do kills including that high school play where he overdoes the death Mm -hmm. and and the 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 guy who is later on in the show harold gould who used to be in all kinds of 80s sitcoms is -hmm. the director of the play yeah he's 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 the term you would use in wrestling, since we we're supposed to be tying this to wrestling.
2: Went in business for himself. Is what he did. Oh, Always, absolutely. So while he's struggling to make money, reflection nights, he comes across another struggling actor, a midget, played by. T- Back when you by could t- say that. Yeah. Well, you can still say that, but you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid to say that. Midgets ain't
0: are no longer allowed, buddy.
2: It's in the book. I'm just saying, you know, it, it's a midget or a little person, but he he has a chance meeting with Herv. I forgot how to pronounce his name. Herv. Tattoo, Vachet.
0: motherfucker. Just say tattoo.
2: Okay, tattoo. But I'm trying to give respect to his real name, his government yeah, name.
0: Has, it, we're, we're making
2: it worse. <laughs> Hervé Valache, aka Tattoo from. That
0: dude has some issues, man.
2: From, from Fantasy Alex. But. Here's the funny thing about his character when he had the chance to meet him because he's saying, I'm getting I'm getting sex every day, but he has a problem because he can't keep his hands to himself. He's very handsy, so he's he's a he's a little person Velichaze. He's a little person, a uh, groper. He's a little person, a uh, feel-you-upper. So, you know, what say you about Tattoo in, in this movie? Because he said he wrestles on the weekends for extra money, so he's a now he... Uh, he understands his role in professional wrestling, Reflection nights. He's a novelty. So what say say about
0: Tattoo. He, he reminded me of Joe C. Well, actually, Joe C would remind me of him. Like, he was fun. He was. Uh, have you ever seen Hervé in anything and not immediately pop for him? He's been on a love boat. He's obviously was on Fantasy Island. He's in this. He's in other stuff throughout the 80s. He was So I, he, I guess he was a raging alcoholic or drug user. Uh, Both. Was, Pimpin', pimpin' hoes all throughout his fame. Died and, and a
2: sex addict, I think, too. Right.
0: Died in 93. Uh, there's even a little tip of that where, where the chick comes and hits on Henry Winkler. And he's like, are you ready to do things you didn't ever think possible? And she's like, yes. He's like, "Hervey, take care of this. <laughs> and leaves her with him. And you know he hit it. You know he hit yeah. it. And of at the end he, he went, aye, here comes the gunk. And he painted her. But uh, she was kind of hot, too.
2: But Wait, is that, is that the deleted scene that I missed out? Here comes the gunk? I didn't see that here one. Here comes
0: the gunk. No, it's in here.
2: You got to oh, okay. know
0: what was coming. I'm
2: you know, scared. when he left
0: that restaurant, they weren't far behind. Because Hervey was like, wink, wink. I'm going to put it to you. I'm going to stand on the chest. You're going to bend over in front of it. Well, or, uh, it,
2: It's funny, but anyway. Gonna be, he
0: said, I'm going to do to you what I did to Professor when I slid into his DMs.
2: Hell no. That, that did not happen. But... It was a chance meeting between Tattoo and Henry Winkler. So Tattoo takes him to an office, T.W. This is what I miss about New York. It, it, and again, this is actually true to heart for Reflectionites. You know, if you're not in the East Coast, T.W., but New York was the place with all these, like, dinky offices, these casting entertainment... There was casting couches. Yeah. There was casting couches for porn. Porn was very po- prevalent in New York, in the in the East Coast area. You, uh, had Jeremy, casting couches, you had casting couches for Broadway pro, you know, producers and all that stuff. You know, what turned into soho, what turned into townhouses, or what turned into like condos, they were dinky fucking casting offices. I miss those good old days of the 70s and 80s. The, it's a town the, of,
0: of connections, man. Like like this scene is is it's New York in a nutshell in the 70s, 60s, whatever, where you just had to know somebody. Like, for example, you weren't you accidentally called The Outsiders the movie he was in, Flatbush. But The Outsiders is a perfect example of, like, actually, turn it back into wrestling. I think I told this story before, but Iris Bobby Clancy said to me on that first three-day trip my, of my career, we're all going up, and he's talking to me and my buddy Mike Legacy, and he says, you know, this is our crew right here. He goes, he goes if you pay attention, everywhere Hulk Hogan has been, the same three or four guys are there with him. He's like, because whoever gets called up he takes the other guys with him, and they go together. He goes, that's us. And that's what acting was, too, because the Outsiders... Tom Cruise is barely in that movie. Ralph Macchio is barely in that movie. Rob Lowe is barely in that movie. But all of those guys became friends. And like I'm reading Rob Lowe's book, he talks about the stuff they did together when they were making mm-hmm. that movie. And then they didn't think they were ever going to make another movie again. But one of them gets booked, gets the other guy. So that's why you see stuff where... These guys are ending up in movies together more than once. It's because mm-hmm. one guy gets the job and he gets his buddy in. And in this scene, they kind of meet, trying to get a meeting with the same like famous Broadway producer. And then they're kind of healing on each other and then become friends over it. And then actually, you know, he's taking him to the office, like you said. And then Hervey ends up being his manager. So Hervey yeah. doesn't even take bumps
2: no more. It's funny because... The office they go to reflection in TW, it's like, this guy's not Vince McMahon. This guy's not uh, it's Paulie Eric Angel. Bishop. He's Pauly Day. Yeah, you're right. He's like, uh, he's an agent. He's, he's trying he to make did. it too. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to make, you're absolutely right. Uh, what was the character's name? It was Sidney Seltzer. And, yeah. you know, Sidney Seltzer had problems reflection. He, he hated his gay son. He, he just said, I, I don't like my gay son. He, was he didn't hate him. Yes, he, he did. He was ashamed by him. As he well. was a. Sh- you hated him. You know, it was you say a shame as being very politically correct. But, you but this said is like, it was the fifties. Well, of course it's the fifties. But again, even for the seventies, there's even you a scene say, where
0: Henry Winkler finally comes out as that gorgeous George Carlin, and he goes, "What do you think?" He goes, "You look like my son," or he says, yeah. "My son has that dress or
2: outfit yeah. or something." But it was for good humor. It wasn't. Malicious. It's good humor. It's good humor for us, but we yeah. know that he hated his son because he it was fat. him. He, he yes, didn't he know did. what to do. It was a different day and age. Now you again, know you, know, now? you know how how serious he hated his son. He had to. He was taking milk of magnesia like he was Coca Cola. You saw it in the movie. He was like he was so stressed out. He, he, he the- brought shame
0: to the family in the fifties. <laughs> but you know what's gonna bring shame to the family in the two thousand forties or fifties? Being straight. Yeah, that's they're true. gonna that's- be all the way around it. What do you mean you're straight? What do you mean you're binary? Get out of this house. You don't come back you and say you'll if
2: fuck you anybody. ain't non-binary, you get <laughs> out of this house right now. You don't if come you, back and say you'll fuck anybody. Get out of here. If you don't transition right now, I'm kicking you out of the house. But anyway, need to hear know that. Yeah. But it yeah. is a chance meeting between. You're gonna
0: wear whatever outfits on sale, motherfucker. I don't care if it's boys or girls'
2: clothes. This this didn't happen in the movie <laughs> Reflection I, but we're we're having fun with this. But we're modern we're taking it in the time of shit forward. Yeah. We're modernizing this movie. We're modernizing the one and only. But again, this is still 1950s reflection. Ice. So, with this meeting between Henry Winkler, Hervey, oh, tattoo, and Sydney Seltzer, Sydney takes a shining to Adam Schmidt, aka Henry Winkler, because he has a pretty face. Not in that way, T.W. Again, I'm don't go with it because I know how you are. But he takes a shine to his face because he sees there's potential, untapped potential, if you will. Because he's so little. They,
0: he tells him he's too little. Yeah.
2: So again, they, they do the, the typical booking of David versus Goliath. So the first match that Henry Winkler has, it was a basic character reflection. I because he did not know what to do. He already not, in the ring. He was already in the ring. They gave him a character. He was the war hero, Andy Schmidt. You know, he came, you know, he he did his tour in World War II and all that stuff. So the the crowd cheered for him. His first debut match, TW was against Injun Joe, played by Chavo Classic, Chavo Guerrero Jr. And again, you kind of said this in the beginning, but net, but you said they were kind of putting the, the respectability part in wrestling. Like, Henry Winkler is scared to death yeah. because the, there's one reason that he's scared to death reflection. I said, this is the way I took it, uh, T.W. Maybe you might see it a different way. You know how he has control in his casting auditions? You know how he thinks he has control of his life, his girl? Uh, the the he's direction he's—he feels like he's running shit for the first time in his life. Reflection nights, he can't run shit here. He's afraid. He's, he's at just, someone he's, else's mercy. He's, there you go, T.W. So, what say you about this interaction between himself and engine Joe before the match?
0: It, it's perfect because that's what I mean about respect. And then there's, you know, I, I don't. Maybe you're building up to this, but when he decides to just start making characters on his own and getting over as a heel. He there's another scene where I think it pays respect to wrestling because they do it, but they don't show any follow up or pre for when he fights Piper. He hits him over the head with his helmet when he's Mm -hmm. supposed to be. I think he's supposed to be a Nazi guy. Yeah, he hits him with the helmet as the referee turns to ring the bell. So they made it look like it would really happen in wrestling. The referee's back turn hits him with the helmet, pins him, wins like a squash. Could have got the five count. But they never show Piper in the back either, being mad that he got hit with the helmet, or saying, "Hey man, you were nice and snug on that helmet; it looked good." You know, none of that. So they—they at least—it makes you feel like Hollywood was in on it. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, like maybe they thought—maybe not today, but someday we're gonna make money off of wrestling, so let's protect it. And then, then well, we got.
2: got, Let's talk about the again. He was not in control with engine Joe because Ingen Joe kept. He was still in character. He didn't yeah. talk to him. He, he, he c- never smartened him up. He he grunted at him, and then Henry Winkler even went to Sydney and said he knows he's not supposed to hit me, right? He's no, he, he you know he's not supposed to. Hurt. He's not gonna hurt me, is he, Sydney? And he's he like, me don't. Hurt me.
0: Yeah, that's what he said. He hit yeah. me hard enough to hurt me.
2: Right. So you know Sydney had to you know calm him down because again Henry Winkler was making what twenty bucks for this match, so the, he had to get some money some way. And then the overall re, you know result reflection I guess, of his first match was. He had to go to the hospital. He got taped up ribs. And, you know, he had he had bruised ribs. He didn't,
0: his wife didn't know what he was doing. He was sneaking and doing
2: it. Yeah, he was. Sne- he said he was doing photography part yep. time. So, again, I just wanted to talk about the debut, because, again, like you said, it kind of like Hollywood was in on it. But again, Henry Winkler did not know the ins and outs of the business, because I guess. He was. He had to pay his dues in that first match. And that's, that's what I was
0: gonna say. In, in in the modern day, probably not. But when I started in the '90s, there
2: mm-hmm. were
0: probably guys that had matches that were not smartened up and shoot pins. You know what I mean? Like, just especially if they came in like he did, disrespectful and know it all and all that. Because because I know, you know, I don't really think I ever did it to anybody, but I watched other guys do it, and it's fifty fifty. Some guys like Manny Fernandez ate up Joey Legend.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No, no, yeah, yeah, he ate up Joey Legend, just because he could, and Joey was bigger than Manny, so that. But he knew that Joey had respect for him, so he. And and by the way, he was smart. Joey knew it was a work, but there's guys that just go into business for themselves. But then there's also guys who come in that are green, who talk a lot of shit, and they get in there with somebody who's a veteran and they humble those motherfuckers. Like They humble them. And I did it to one kid, but not because of him. I think I told the story. I was a heavyweight champion. They dropped the one promoter that made me champion, brought in another promoter. This is the politics of wrestling. And that guy's first thing was to take the belt off of me and put it on someone else. And then the very next month, they had a cruiserweight title tournament, put me in the opening round, and had me lose to a kid that nobody ever saw wrestling before. Like, he was trying mm-hmm. to bury me for... for to show a lesson to the old promoter right so the kid i wrestled we were in the opening match and the crowd was cheering for me and he beat me but when the bell rang i beat the shit out of him for nine minutes and 57 seconds and then told him roll me up and he put me in a small package one two three and i got up and that place booed and if they would have had things to throw in the ring they would have because they were like what the fuck they, there were people that wanted me to win the tournament, right? And every time I smacked that kid around, I didn't hurt him. But I didn't give him anything, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't give him anything. And every time I could tell he's frustrated, I'm like, kid, this ain't about you.
2: This ain't about so, you. So, so reflection Reflectionites, if you see this movie, basically, Injun Joe versus Andy Schmidt was T.W. versus that kid in the I Cruiserweight wish I knew
0: Classic. His name. I wish I knew his name. Because he never – he wasn't even around long. <laughs> He was a good kid, too, man. He wasn't a bad guy. I went and talked to him in the back, too. I got dressed, and I left, and I never wrestled for them again.
2: But we can say for this movie purposes, Andy Schmidt paid his dues and earned the respect of everybody in the locker room because he took an, a good-ass kick And came back. And came which back is, for more. Which is
0: the Hulk Hogan story right. of Hiro that broke his fucking leg, and six weeks later, he came back and go, all right, ready for my lessons.
2: It's not about ready for the lessons, I think. Well, Andy Schmidt had an epiphany, as you you talked about it, because he saw the potential of controlling the crowd. He saw the potential of, of again, making money. So now he knows he's smart. And he's a little bit smarter to the business. So now he creates characters, Reflectionites. And this is maybe where, the I, I don't know, T.W., again, We know there's characters in wrestling. We know there's, you know, they they do the foreigners. But I think they overplayed it. And Henry Winkler, you know, the the evolution of Henry Winkler's characters, heel characters, went from one extreme to the ultimate extreme. So the first character that he created was a hypnotist, Reflection Knights. So his first (laughs) match was against a friend of his because they kind of toured on the trains. I think they called him the elephant. But in the match, there was no holds. This was a PWG match, Reflection Nights. This was an indie rific AEW Young Dan Bucks House title of match.
0: Orange Cassidy match. It was an
2: Orange Cassidy-Dan Houser match. He hypnotized him. He went down. He got the one-two. Well, he controlled the referee, and he controlled the wrestler in one swoop. He didn't take any physical punishment. So this is where I and I crowd say, hated a, it. And the crowd hated it. And the crowd hated it, and the light bulb hit his head. I got the crowd. I got the crowd to hate me. But TW let let before we get into the movie more. This is why I was talking about maybe Hollywood didn't respect rest, the wrestling genre because while the, there is characters again, I'm not th- disputing that. There could be a hypnotist wrestler. I'm not but I thought I thought this scene to me overblew it. It it kind of to the to the realm of ridiculousness. What say you? But, but okay.
0: They also didn't show them set it up or the aftermath of it. So they left it for you to be like, Is that, did he really hypnotize that motherfucker? Like they didn't blow the curtain back. That's what mm-hmm. I liked about it. They did everything that wrestling did. So it's not really an insult. It's actually a tip of the hat because they're, they're throwing everything in there that you really would have saw in wrestling. And it, it only, that's 1978. It only got
2: worse from there. No, because again, reflection. I, I'm not being a hypocrite because in the 2000s on YouTube there was the Egyptian re- hypnotizing everybody, and people came from the back being hypnotized, and they did breakdancing. dancing. Again, I get that. I was get that. Pizza be- guy. Yeah, there was a pizza guy. And the pizza. There was,
0: there's been all kind of ridiculous gimmicks.
2: Eugene. So technically, it's not ridiculous because they didn't talk about it backstage, or they didn't. No, show it's a not thing exactly. exposing
0: it because. Oh, okay. They just showed you what you would have saw at a wrestling show. I, I wouldn't have thought this was 50s, but at the same time, in the 50s, it's the carnies still, or at least just getting out of the carnies. The carnies are 20s mm-hmm. and 30s. But right. that's the kind of shit they would do in the carnies. They would work people in to make people... Because what, what was that a carnies? Hypnotists and psychic mm-hmm. readers and bearded women who are the normal people on the street now, but they used to be freaks and oddities. Now they're just everywhere. But But that's what I'm saying is... It's the tip of the hat of all, like, I never once watched it. And first of all, I've seen worse in modern day. I Of course. On, on regular wrestling has been more insulting to wrestling than, than any movie that's mocking it. Um, but yeah, I, I just think they just put every, I, I thought this is a pretty comprehensive because the first hour of this movie, or it felt like an hour, probably only 30 minutes, the first 30 minutes of it, I'm ready to get on the phone with you and go, motherfucker, is there ever going to be wrestling? I texted you and asked you if this was a rib. Like, am I going to watch it? And Henry Winkler marries Ron Howard at the end. Like, what's the rib here? Because I'm like, I don't see any path to wrestling in
2: this movie at but all. The, but then you watched it. And then and, and, now and you're and on.
0: it goes. And, it's, and it was actually, I, I, you know what? I prepared to come on here and say this is the worst movie we've watched. It, and, and now I realize it isn't. Um, and it's a product of its time, 1978. I, mm-hmm. I definitely feel like it was a TV movie, not uh, in theater. And this wasn't theaters. This made know, 20 million dollars worldwide. I'm saying it, it made 28 million. 20. Oh 20 million worldwide. In 78, that's like hundred million now. Could be, yeah. I'm just saying. Crazy. But but it was it was of its time, but it felt like a TV show, but it also felt rushed. Like, mm-hmm. like the ending is just kind of fucking out of well, nowhere. But I'm not well, getting we, there. We, we, but yeah, but a lot of the stuff you're just supposed to be like, oh, okay some time has gone by like Mm -hmm. they like scooby-doo sooner because did you ever once get the feel other than when the light bulb was going on and he did the nazi character and the hypnotist and the gorgeous george i felt like he was enjoying it but i don't ever feel like he had a passion for wrestling he was the guy that i hate who only did it to make money Well,
2: he had a reason to, again, reflect that because he had a bun in the oven, he had a family to support, and he had to make money by any means necessary. So that's why after the hypnotist character got over T.W., the light bulb hit his head. And then, of course, before we even talk, well, let's get into two things. One, we got to talk about the second character that turns into, uh, again, his money gimmick. He turns into a Nazi Nazi sympathizer named Adolf Hitner without the L, so, you know, and it works because he gets to tour across the country. Remember, again, a bun in the oven and all that stuff. So he's having marital problems at home reflection eyes, because, again, he's got to make a commitment to wrestling, but his woman, his wife is about to, you know, give birth to their son-to-be. But before we, get, we talk about the second, ma- the second incarnation of his character, T.W., the best part of this movie was when the wrestlers met the, the, the girl's parents. In the apartment scene, because C three PO and Kit. The the best part, reflection is you. If you don't like this movie, but you'll like this part, is when Herve Valesh, aka Tattoo, felt up his wife's mother in law, and it was he just kept rubbing, and it Do was you know like who mother-in-law a mother in law is. I can tell you right now. No. Did you, know who,
0: Did you know who she was watching it?
2: Uh, no.
0: Flo kiss my grits from that's Alice Flo? Diner. Yeah. Holy and shit. that's at the same time she was making it. I looked in, I'm like, holy shit, because she's got like dark hair and she looked
2: the same age, but no flow had the, the red hair, it was curly right. and all and that she actually yeah. changed her character and she was very yeah. mundane. And she the was C3 Prio and Kit from Night mm-hmm. Rider. Yeah, well I got the yeah, him was easy because of the voice, but I did not know that was Flo. That was Kiss My Grits, yeah. Flow. But Flo. I didn't but again, Hervé Valaché, you know, Mr. Pedophile, Mr. Groper, just, he was just like this, Reflection Ice, for the, for the uh, audios. He's just feeling her up. He just kept moving his hands up her skirt, and he literally touched the pussy. He was touching the pussy. He was doing the Donald Trump. He just grabbed it by the pussy. it was a modern day movie, she would have put him
0: under the table, and he would have been eating dinner down there while they ate dinner at the table.
2: You know, that would have been the perfect scene. You know, they had the <laughs> dinner table. he because he's a midget or a little person, reflection ice, he would have just went under the table. Yes, he would just went under the table. but t w, it was just funny because he was just like, you haven't we're having a conversation. He's just you know, like, this. Shit. I'm hitting it because he's a, he's a freak. he He's a freak. This is what the wrestling business produces. Freaks and sex addicts. hervey fallochet, aka tattoo. And you wonder was, uh, if he
0: put that in himself? Like he was just doing it on set,
2: and they just. I, I think it? that was that might have been an ad lib, but that was a great ad lib to put right? into the movie. But, Hervé T.W. He was the Marty Jannetty before Marty Jannetty <laughs> became what he is today.
0: I just referenced Marty Jannetty, to uh, Jeffrey Scott. That's he's worked for Impact, and I just mm-hmm. he was telling me that they they got some tapings coming up where they're in New Orleans mm-hmm. on uh, Saturday, and then. They go home for three days and then come back um, to Orlando. And I mm-hmm. was like, dude, I would just drive to Orlando and then stay in a room. He's like, who's paying for that? I'm like, well, dude, I would make it work, be cheaper than, than a hotel or a hotel, be cheaper than an airplane ticket there and back. But he, yeah. his impact pays for his ride there. But I was saying, you got you got to do the Marty Janetti." He's like, what's that? I go, you got to have a rat in every town. That way, you don't mm-hmm. have to ever have to pay for a hotel room.
2: You just stay with them when you're in that town of wrestling. Of, of course, this, this is what Hervey Violet. This is where Marty got it from Hervey. Herve. tattoo, A.K.A. Milton, from 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 the one and only Reflection So let's talk about the second incarnation of Henry Winkler's character development, the Nazi sympathizer Adolf, Adolf Hitler. Again, he cut a promo. You know, talk about Germany. He cut a promo against the the, the fans and. Across the United States, TW, every train ride, he did the same move to Roddy Roddy Piper in, in every town. So what say you, TW? Again, like you said, this is paying homage to the business. You're touring, you're making money, you're doing the same gimmick, but you you know, everybody who's paying their harder money, they're paying to see Adolf Hitner, aka Henry Winkler, do do what he's doing in every town. So what say you? I guess I'm going with your, your assessment they respect they're giving respect to the wrestling business because this is what happens
0: well, if anything it makes piper look like the dummy like he doesn't that's know right. that the helmet's coming
2: well right? there's no cable there's no cable there's no internet that, you know people won't know you know they going to a different town they, they they're going to have sympathy for piper
0: yeah yeah and that's the whole gimmick is you, you know it's like if you're the heel and you do your job nobody is going to care for you so much that they're gonna cheer for the guy that's fighting you no matter who he is. And it's funny because Piper it's he's he's basically got no lines. He's just already he's just there. And and the other guy, I'm waiting for you to bring him up, but I can't wait any longer. Is, is he- our man. He he should be on the cover of every one of our wrestling uh uh movie watches because to the movie for the movie what the fuck we call it to the movies. P W R at the movies. T.W.R. at the movies, Gene the Bell. He's in another movie. That's the main event. I'm just and saying. He's the I... world champion, but he's in another movie. I'm like, man, Gene the Bell's in everything we watch. But he should ne- be our mascot.
2: Not necessarily. I mean bad guys, and then this one. So, you know, it is what it is. But again, like you like, like, like you were saying, TW, I'm I'm going over to your opinion. This is respecting the business. This is what happens. You got a gimmick that's over. You're making considerable money out of it, and they're going town to town, you know, taking the train ride or whatever. They're not not telling us what they're making, but he's making more money now that he's drawing as a heel. Am I right on that assessment, TW? Yes. So with that being said, there is a quandary for Henry Winkler's character because his wife-to-be, well, not wife-to-be, his wife is actually becoming a mother-to-be because now she's getting closer and closer to giving birth to their son. So he has to make a choice reflectionites either give up the the money and give up the wrestling career and and take life seriously or get a divorce. He chooses his family, he chooses the mundane life he chooses to follow you know his wife uh his wife's father in law uh road to his life being an insurance salesman, but the itch is still there. Sydney is telling him telling him that they they got another gimmick. They got another thing to do, and they can make the most money out of anything they could do because the main event, and like you said, T.W., Gene LaBelle is the heavyweight. I don't know how, but the gimmick got over so much that Henry Winkler was going to make top dollar by going after the world heavyweight champion at Madison Square Garden. So now he's got to wrestle with you know, the admiration of of thousands of fans at Madison Square Garden, the, you know, the attraction of a million dollars that he could he can almost taste or stay with his wife and his son. He no, the itch is there, but this is where, again, like you said, is his character endearing or is the narcissism c- carrying over where I don't know. Can I feel sympathy? Because c- I, I wrestle with this T.W. again. I understand he's not happy being an insurance salesman. Right. Because he has a passion to entertain. He has a passion to, like, be the center of attention. But then it's kind of, like, shitty to me. It's kind of shitty the way he leaves because he has no choice. So say ATW about wrestling with your That's passion?
0: That's what I mean by, like, it's rushed. It's a, move, it's a sign of the times of that era. Like, this would have been a better series. Because then you mm-hmm. would have got more layers of why he's doing it. Because, like, when he quits wrestling... You don't understand why he's quitting wrestling, right? its I mean, you do. It's to be with his wife and the kid. But you don't understand why she's mad about it. So, like, is he still struggling to get money? Because it seems like he is. So, it's more or less she's mad that he's never home than it mm. is that he he's not making money. And then she's the one saying, I threw it away because I didn't want to give it to you because he got the call to wrestle on TV. And he's mm. like, I don't want it. I don't want it. And she's like, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. So if you ask me, that bitch asked for it because she willed it into existence. And then when he was walking down the stairs, everyone thought he's going to work. She's like, you forgot this. Like, it must have been something he wrote down because he ended up calling them." And Mm -hmm. then she, I'm calling a lawyer and you're getting divorced and throws the thing at him and and then he, it's funny, though, because there's a line where she says, if you leave here, my lawyer is calling your lawyer or whatever the way things are done with stuff like this. Because my first thought was, how would she know to say my lawyer's calling your lawyer? Like, that motherfucker ain't got no lawyer. But then she said, like, she was tough talking. So it comes into play later because it makes it sound like she was trying to say anything to get him to stay. And he mm-hmm. said, and this is where I would side with, you have to feel for him. He says... I have to do this i have to do this and that's why i think the writing and and the directing they didn't do enough to tell us why he said that but as a wrestler i know why he said it he's this close to the brass ring Mm -hmm. how can he quit now with all the dues he's paid when this is it like this is like if this doesn't make it then i'm going to come back and sell insurance but this is it this is what i've been working towards this is what i want to do and I've tried it your way, and I'm not happy. And mm-hmm. the bottom line is, if she doesn't leave him there and him go there, he's going to end up leaving her because he's going to be miserable, and he will have missed that bus.
2: You're right, because in hindsight, we're watching this, and we understand that the time frame has moved. Because, again, this, this is not happening within the realm of two months. This is right. happening over a year and a, maybe two years. Because well, no, because
0: she's it, pregnant the whole time.
2: No, no, I'm just saying, but it's it, about a year is going by. She's giving birth, but he's doing he's paying his dues and honing a craft, getting the gimmick over and all that and stuff. Becoming so, the best in the world. Yeah. So now we come to the main event. T.W.'s favorite part, because this is Madison Square Garden. This is in front of 10,000 screaming fans. This is on national television on a Saturday night Prime Time TW. This is not Collision. This is not Tony Khan's Collision. This is Madison Square Garden Wrestling, and Henry Winkler is now going to challenge for the World Heavyweight Championship, being played by your favorite. Say his Judo name. Judo Gene. Judo Gene LaBelle. and now he's got a third character, Reflectionites, and it is an homage to Gorgeous George, and he calls himself plain and simple Reflectionites, the Lover. And the funny thing, TW. Now I'm thinking about this because, again, like you said, certain writing seems rushed about what he did. Right. But now, again, I go with your sentiment about the respecting the business. Now he's not thinking about it, but he because he's called himself the lover. What does he do? He's kissing the women in the crowd. He he's a man. Piper.
0: What? Was it Piper he kissed, or was it Judo
2: Gene LaBelle he kissed? No, he kissed his uh, his agent, Sidney Seltzer, no, on the head. No, when the bell rang, he ran up and kissed the first no, guy was, he
0: wrestled.
2: No, there was the a first bald-headed guy. he God. wrestled – huh? No, he didn't kiss nobody. He kissed Sidney –
0: the first guy he wrestled with that character, they went to go toe-to-toe, and he kissed him right on the mouth.
2: Okay, yeah, he kissed him. I'm talking Piper, about when he's coming – No, no, I'm talking about when he's coming down the aisle first. Oh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. About, yeah, he's kissing the women. But again, like you said – with the the writing, the rushing, you know, there's no like second thought. He, he's going all in on this character, kissing all the women in the crowd and then kissing his agent on the head and all that stuff. He's not thinking about, oh, my God, my wife, you know, I'm going to get a divorce. He's he's zeroing zeroing in on this character. That's what I wanted to get out of that. What's that? Right. Yeah, a- about- yeah. I think it's Piper. He
0: kisses one of them right on the mouth when they go to go do the No, th-
2: he kisses th- Gene uh, in the mouth because that was the, Gene. Yeah, yes, yeah. Gene. This is the only time he's wrestling as the character of the lover. Everything else was the, he was the Nazi guy. So, with that being said, reflection I You know, again, this match was kind of funny, T.W., because he kills you with his love. He right. beats you down with his love. This is his.
0: Character.
2: He loves you to death. <laughs> he, yeah, he loves you to death. And this character, you know. He played the Nazi, he played the hypnotist, he was meant to be the bad guy, but the lover was you know over. He was over. The he lover was, was over a night. L No, but but I'm what I'm saying is for the time of the 50s, right? With Gorgeous George, he was a heel. Gorgeous George was the quintessential heel because he was arrogant, prima donna, and all that stuff, you know.
0: And gay, he, it was implied.
2: And that too, but neither here nor there. But the lover. Was cheered the lover. I don't know if, if if they got it right because again, Gene LaBelle's character he was a tweener because I don't know if he was loved or hated himself. So this this was kind of mishmash to me. What's the ATW? Well, the, the, there was no Gene defining, LaBelle, There was no Gene defining LaBelle. heel and face. To me, right. that's what I'm just
0: saying. But that's the thing. They didn't expose the business and say that. They made it like boxing. Like, this guy's the number one contender. He's fighting this guy. And they were contrast. This guy's flamboyant. This guy's no-nonsense judo Gene Label. It's funny because basically Henry Winkler in the end is wrestling Henry Winkler how he was in the beginning. Because judo mm-hmm. Gene's just already in the corner with his boots and tights and his background story of being a wrestling hero. And Nobody now he's
2: needed. No gimmicks right. needed, no Gene no LaBelle. No gimmicks like,
0: needed. No flips, just kicks.
2: Yeah. So you know, Henry Winkler beat the shit out of Gene LaBelle. <laughs> that's that's an embarrassment to
0: to be in a headlock takeovers. He, the, the best was the fucking first kick when they came up the ropes and he kicks yeah. his leg like like Pee Wee Herman would kick it. Yeah. He did the ballet and kick he and, and, he, and
2: he, yeah, and and Gene LaBelle took the bump. So, but this was the most offense in the movie that Henry Winkler did. And, and you wonder, it. you
0: wonder, like you talk about how the wrestling business is treated by Hollywood. You wonder how Gene because Le- Piper didn't do much. Like he took a bump. Mm-hmm. But Gene LaBelle worked a match in there. And you gotta wonder, it was like, is he in on it? Or was he like kind of like this is bullshit, but it's payday, you know, that kind of thing. Because like tip of the hat, I I've seen Gene LaBelle more in PWR goes to the movies than I ever seen him in wrestling. And I just yes. Googled it. I had mm-hmm. to find out, if it existed, I was going to buy it. There's no Gene LaBelle action figures. You know what pulls up if I put up Gene LaBelle action figure? What? An action figure of Steven Seagal, because Judo Gene trained him in Judo. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So maybe but anyways, we- I'm glad Gene got to reinvent himself as both an actor, a stuntman, and a trainer of Judo to the stars.
2: There you go. So, you know, in essence, uh, Reflection Ice, Henry Winkler... Accomplishes what he set out to do. He becomes the top man in professional wrestling. He becomes the heavyweight champion. And overnight, we don't know how much he made, but we know because he's the heavyweight champion, TW, he's got top money. He got the brass. We money. also
0: know, like the little nuances that are good is you your favorite scene when they all come to visit them, they're living in a hotel. It's not even an apartment. Mm-hmm. And uh Sydney comes in and says, This is a dump. I've like, taken shits in better places than this, right? Mm-hmm. And at the end, he goes back, and that's what I mean by rush. They don't really elaborate on a lot of it.
1: Here he is he's, at he's the top the of the place. mountain,
0: but yeah, he's, he's, he's alone. A, a, yeah. He's alone, but he's in a master suite at like the Hilton. So you know he's making money, and that's the contrast. He went from being broke, where his wife's the only one making money because he can't even get an audition. So now he's in this penthouse, but he's alone. So the conundrum is, look what it cost me. And then they just go right to the finish. He's just knocking his door, and they take it home. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, and this is gonna be good. This is gonna be the tearjerker jerker part. And it's like, no, she's such a John Kerry yo yo that he's just like, what the fuck, lady? Make up your mind. Now you're not mad because he's in the penthouse. That's why you're not mad.
2: Typical well, broad. Again, she saw him on TV. He got over. He got the money. He I got see, the belt. I
0: forgot that part that he was on TV. The mom yeah. was cheering for him. Flo, mm-hmm. him. she was kissing her grits and cheering
2: for w- him. Was she cheering for Henry or was she cheering for Milton or tattoo ha- because? She was- he- because remember, she got felt up. So maybe, you know, oh, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, now she feels some She was of probably
0: work. cheering for him, knowing right. that if he wins, her daughter's grubby, money-hungry ass is going to go back. And then she gets to get her baby back.
2: D- there you go. See? Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm get, oh, get a little bit yeah.
0: of that, that Mitch dick.
2: It's actually funny that you said that, that he gets everything he a- he ever asked for, but what did it cost him? And that could have been a better ending, because then, you you know, you ru- it's like wrestling with your conscience. It's like wrestling mm-hmm. with the decisions that you make in life. So... You know that would have been a nice tearjerker for me to feel empathy towards Penny Rinkler.
0: they were trying to have you do that until the knock on the door.
2: Until the knock but on it's the door. So went, rushed. That you know this even was, feel this like this is the Vince, this is the Vince McMahon ending because you had to go home happy, like you say for right. WrestleMania, you had to go home happy. The the, the 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 baby was on the bed, and now they that's kind of weird. You no, know, you're gonna to make love in front of your baby like that, you know? But then the baby was smart enough to say, "I don't want to see it." So he it's turned like, over. Then, well, on,
0: that's how they made me. Maybe I have a little brother.
2: And then you see, you know, T.W.'s favorite part, the the, the the furry panties that Henry Winkler was wearing. And then we go fade to black. And that's it. That is the and one. It said of property
0: me. of the professor on him.
2: No, it did not. It said P-O-T-B. property. It said property of Calaver Cortez Enterprises. But, but it was on
0: the front. Like, the dick was your property. Like, that's your you, that's your snack. You, that's you, your you business.
2: Hung, you honed in on that, didn't you? You honed in on that. But I, I, they mean, didn't I didn't even know he had furry panties on. You're the one who told me that. But you said everything else, What you read something on it, so then... no, idea I didn't even know there was
1: any underwear. I got, I got him, I got him.
2: But anyway, we close on this PWR at the movies, the one and only from 1978. And again, TW, I gave you this as a Christmas gift. You said it was a rib, but this is one of the, the best dramatic wrestling movies that we've done, because it's not meant to... You know, there are some funny moments, but again, like you said, at the end, it's more about, you know, it's, it's life choices and you know, all that stuff. about life.
0: It's not the wrestling's the backdrop. It's like when I tell people about The Walking Dead. If I've met one person, I've met a million, who mm-hmm. say, I don't like about zombies. That's why I don't like The Walking Dead. Well, you're obviously not watching it because that movie is not, or that show is not about zombies. It's about human beings. And it's mm-hmm. about, you're either going to be this guy who tries to save the world, or you're going to mm-hmm. try to be like this guy who takes advantage of the state of the world. And that's life. And and this thing, it's funny because there's so many times you and I have watched something where I thought it was God awful until we start talking about it. And then some of the light bulbs go off. And I realize, you know, could it have been done better? Absolutely. And maybe Mm -hmm. that's why some people remake movies and some people's response to those movies are it was fucking perfect. Why did you have to ruin it? Right. Mm -hmm. Why did you change it? Uh, For example, um, I had no idea. Like, you know how much he, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith took when it came out. I yeah. had no idea the the negative reaction to the, the Skywalker trilogy, right? None. Until I watched, uh, I think it was, what's that guy, that little, the little Jewish guy that says politics? Shapiro. Shapiro's interviewing mm-hmm. a director, and they just buried Star Wars... And, and the sad thing is, is they're both Star Wars slappies. And this guy said he was asked by Shapiro, what would you do? He goes, I would scrap everything and I would recant or what do you call that? Where are yeah. recast? Not rec- he, That's what he said. He said, if it was him, he would have went 10 years after the last Star Wars Empire or Jedi mm-hmm. and recast everybody. And who cares? It's a new generation anyway. He goes, but they went the opposite and went, he goes, or I would have went 200 years and I would have done stuff from the comics. Instead, they try to shoehorn this shit in there that makes no sense. And they change everyone. And the main thing is Luke Skywalker is why I brought it up. Mm -hmm. Luke Skywalker and those two movies that he's in is not the Luke Skywalker from the first three that we grew up with. He's a bitch. He's the complete. And that's their problem. If you remake a movie That had potential, like the one and only, but you fill the holes and you make it better with a new cast, that makes sense. But when you take it and you change it so much that it's not even recognizable as what the original was, then why'd you even do it? You've ruined
2: people love the prequels now after they saw seven, eight, and nine. That's that's actually the truth now, because the prequels actually
0: is my second favorite Star Wars movie after Empire Strikes Back.
2: Yeah, it is. that. But again, the prequels are more revered than the 7, Attack 8, Attack of the Clones
0: is hands down the worst one to me. It, and and that includes the, the new three. The Attack of the Clones
2: is just garbage. But it, it, It's the best garbage out of
0: It's yeah. setting up Revenge of the Sith. In the grandiose, it's, it served its purpose. Much like I tell everybody, I will defend Jar Jar to my death. Jar Jar was not written for us. The Ewoks were Jar Jar was written for the kids
2: that are our age. I didn't no even like the right Ewoks right. even when I was six. Me years neither. Old, so, I so. hated
0: the Ewoks in 83. I'm 10. I'm like, oh, what the fuck is this? See stuffed
2: animals running around.
0: But it was to get kids to like it. And that's yeah. what Jar Jar was, and it worked.
2: I, it didn't work because they, they they wanted to do more with Jar Jar. But again, we're not we're not talking about Star Wars reflection right rights. It didn't. Why didn't it work, Professor? because of our generation who shit is, all over it and wouldn't let their true. kids see it. That is true too. But, uh, but kids liked let, it. So let's put a bow on this TW with the one and only, if you wanted to recast it, who would play Henry Winkler? Who I would be your George LaBelle? Rob, Jean LaBelle
0: would have to be Ric Flair. <laughs> no, cause he's <laughs> not in good shape. Um, no, AJ actually, uh, AJ, like. he's a 40 something year old guy,
2: still in good shape. Um, yeah. You want Rob Lowe to whip AJ Styles' ass in the Bane event? Like Rob that? Lowe is, he's 60 years old and
0: he looks 25. Yeah, that's what I'm just that's saying. That's my right? point about Gene LaBelle and Fonzie. Mm-hmm. Fonzie's got to be 78. He's almost 40 years old. He's born in yeah. 45. So mm-hmm. he's, no, he's 30, 33.
2: Let's see. In
0: 78? He's 33. He's 33, mm-hmm. but he lo- doesn't look 33. He plays a high school kid in, just in college in this movie when he's 33. That's some Jason Priestley shit right there. Yeah, and that's so, so you need someone like Rob Lowe. Yeah, maybe not Rob Lowe. You got to go someone younger. Let's see. Fred Savage. No, he's probably the same age. Actually, that was his brother
2: on Grindr. Sh- Shia very- LaBeouf. How about Shia LaBeouf? Yeah. An, you know he's what? He's a shy, but he's like 5'2". So what? The size you know? don't matter. I got
0: it. Who? Give him a second crack. Cause he got typecast in a role that he's never gonna get again, and he's never gonna be. And it's funny because we're tying it right back. That mm-hmm. dude that played Han Solo in the Solo movie. That oh, guy. I,
2: oh, sure. okay. I don't know. I don't know his name, but I, I get what you said. Exactly. Okay. He needs a second chance. They killed this guy's career
0: by making him Han Solo.
2: Yeah, I guess so. So with that being said, we close on the PWR at the movies, and again to close out 2020 thrust TW. Let's do Santa's Little Helper, the one we're with cl- the mid. This isn't closing out. We still got one more before that. It is. We're, we out. this is Christmas, and then one more. That's oh, the New you're Year. Oh, you saying what are we doing next? Yeah, next. I thought you were, we're saying gonna,
0: this was closing out the year.
2: Yeah, this is. We're gonna close out 2020 right. thrust with Santa's Little Helper. Starring the Miz and Soraya, aka Page. I'm giving you your Christmas oh. movie tradition. So we're doing a
0: Christmas movie for New Year's. Yes, and then we did the New Year's movie for Christmas because there's a scene, a New
1: Year's Eve in the One and Only.
2: There you go. See,
1: we we yeah. flip It's all about flip flop. We're, we're the we're, I'm doing John Kerry before John Kerry did it. Over.
2: There you go. So TW. So TW, give out those socials so we can get out of here.
0: The Pro Wrestling Coalition Network sponsors us at PwC Network at Podbean.com, Humming Media Group at Podbean.com, as well as HMG at ChannelAttitude.com. Our show is on the X at PW Hustle. Oh, that's you. Yeah. PW Reflection. <laughs> uh, and then... Of course, we can't do any of this without our big, our big guy, Big Ray Hernandez. At Big Ray Hernandez, you can find him anywhere on social media. And every Wednesday live, you can catch, catch him on the Next Level podcast. It's live. And you can I think he even interacts with people on that one, right? Like he reads a little chat bar or whatever while they're on there. I used to do one late at night that I did. Um, he had my buddy Jeffrey Scott, who I mentioned earlier. You can find me on X. At Tommy Wonder19, which is also threads that I open back up so I can talk shit to this stupid idiot that put they Instagram one to show me. And you know what they do on threads, Professor? They limit what? who can respond to them. And it's because they're cowards. That's why. My shit's wide open, so you can bring your bullshit to me and I can send it right smacking away. But anyways, yeah. at Tommy Wonder19 is Instagram and threads. Snapchat is number wonder. Facebook.com backslash Tommy Wonder. And then my TikTok and my friendlier X is at the tommy wonder you can find big Vito and Noel at the big veto brand.wixsite.com patreon.com backslash the big veto brand and you can catch the early release of the reflection video at twitch.tv backslash the big veto brand
2: or big ray hernandez might put it up on his twitter so you can watch it via the x but again neither here nor there and you can follow me on the excerpt myself at pwsprf that's PWSPROF. prof Follow my brothers in arms from the P.W. Hustle. This gets uploaded on the P.W. Hustle Networks by 8 Brown, Follow his X handle at the number 8 T-R-A-C Brown. And, of course, the host of the Wednesday Locker Room, Billy Ray Valentine at Obi-Wan. You know me again. We're going to close out 2023 with a Christmas movie for T.W. Because, again, I'm a fair man. I'm not a dictator. It, this is a democracy. But sometimes I'm a patriarch here. But... We will do Santa's little helpers so this way TW can go home happy for 2020 Thrust. And with that being
1: said, I'm the professor. That's Mr. Wonderful, Thumb Dum Doing it. It's on the Iron Stomach one, Chris Kringle himself. Woo! Tommy One is saying goodnight. And we'll see you next time before we close out 2020 Thrust here at
2: the PWR Podcast at the Hami Media Group at Podbeam.com. Merry
1: Christmas and happy Hanukkah. No, Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan? Ramadan, Shaka Khan.